Welcome to episode number four of the Worship and Technology podcast. My name's Christian. I'm part of the team here at multitracks.com. And I hope you're enjoying these podcasts, that they're inspiring you and equipping you to lead worship well, particularly during this interesting season. The only thing that's going to help you succeed in this moment is creativity and authenticity. And so if you are not singing the story of your church in this moment, then you are probably allowing people to go click somewhere else. If you are involved in church leadership in any way, I would suggest that today's episode is compulsory listening. In fact, you'll probably want to listen to today's episode more than once and then share it with your entire team. We're joined by Stephen Brewster, who's an incredible thought leader in our space. Stephen has worked in the music industry for several years and now works alongside worship teams and churches to help them do their job better. His thought process is amazing. His insight on being creative is outstanding. And I genuinely believe there is so much gold in this conversation. You might miss it with just one listen. Stephen, what an honor to have a conversation with you today and record it for a podcast. Really appreciate your time. It's my pleasure to be here for sure. So I've really been looking forward to this conversation. I've been following your content for some time now, both on Instagram and on your blogs and more recently on your podcast. So for people that haven't met you, Stephen, can you give us a little bit of an overview to your journey and to what's brought you to where you are now? Yeah. So my parents are missionaries. I kind of grew up around the world. High school in Florida, went to a lot of different colleges because I love creativity. So I wanted to taste them all. Maybe that may not be totally true, but it's a good narrative. (laughs) Dropped out my senior year with a semester to go, moved to Nashville. My parents thought that was a brilliant decision. I moved here to go in the music business and was blessed that God actually allowed me to do that and had a really fun uh, little career in the music business and then left the music business to go work in a local church. I worked in Nashville at a, at a church that grew really, really fast. And uh, we went from like 2,000 to 8,000 in like six years or something like that. And then um, worked at a couple other churches and just felt like God was saying, hey, it's time for you to give up that seat to somebody younger and let them enjoy that that season of ministry. And so l- literally in like two weeks, it'll be two years ago, my wife and I kind of jumped just completely on faith into what could be next. And God really has been kind to us. And so we we do three things. She is a certified Enneagram coach. Okay. So she's working on a book, a published book right now. And then I help worship teams navigate the music business because as far as I can tell, every time I read Acts, there's no worship label <laughs> in Acts. And so I try to help them navigate that so that they can stay focused on ministry, team development, songwriting, those kind of things. Um, Because there's a lot of nuance in the music business. And then the other part of what I do is I just help churches navigate creativity, communications, uh, org structure, culture, values, that kind of fun stuff. So it's a little bit all over the place, but it it all circles around the church. And that's like our really our number one most passionate point of what we do is just helping church leaders get better and overcome being overwhelmed. And I think we can all get overwhelmed pretty quickly. So sometimes you just need a different voice to help you overcome that. Stephen, this week's obviously been quite a busy week for you because of one of the churches and one of the worship teams that you partner with. Uh, Do you want to tell us a little bit about what this week has looked like? It's been a special week for sure. Like There are times when you get to be involved or connected to something that's so much bigger than anything you could ever imagine or dream. And I think that this week has been one of those for me. Elevation Worship released 
what I think is a monstrous record, uh, Graves into Gardens. Great. Just the the organic um, nature of how the songs came and and the pace that they came, and we learned a lot in in the last few months trying to figure this out. And it's it's released today, and people seem to really like it. And I think it's going to provide a lot of really powerful resources for church leaders and worship leaders to use. I think there'll be sermons based on these songs. I think worship leaders are going to love to to sing and lead these songs. And uh, yeah, it's been fun to get to partner with them through this through this season for sure. So for me, it's the variety in your story that I think affords you a really unique vantage point into the culture of church and worship leading. Mm-hmm. So as someone that coaches worship teams, has been involved in church, worked in the music industry, how has worship leading changed, particularly maybe going into this season? Worship leading has changed dramatically, definitely in the last two months. Yes. And what I think is interesting is and healthy is we needed a little bit of a change. Like it was it was time for a change. It was we we've gotten comfortable, I think, in our methods of, of leading worship. And one of the things in talking to churches in this season that I've just, it's been really inspiring is to watch worship leaders authentically find their voice again. And when, when all of your tools are ripped away and all of your uh, crutches are, or the things that you could rely on have disappeared, it forces you to develop some new talents and new skills. And we've gone from, um, from arena performance worship to fireside chat worship in this season uh, because you've got a worship leader looking into a camera in an empty room trying to motivate someone sitting on a couch with kids running around to be engaged in worship. And the reality is for that person to be engaged in worship, you're going to have to go somewhere and hope they go with you as opposed to trying to lead them somewhere. And so I think that worship leaders, I think the worship leaders that have adjusted well in this season are the ones that are are exploring places they've never been before in worship. And I think that's a really beautiful thing to watch. And I think that coming out of this season, and we will come out of the season, worship's going to look a lot different. You know, I, I think we're going to have learned some new tools and some new tricks. And I don't mean that in the negative sense, but uh, some, we're going to have, have some new skills to be able to do something a little bit different now. So which churches are handling this really well, in your opinion, when you're looking out at churches that are navigating this different, difficult time, where should we be looking for inspiration? So I've been asked that question quite a few times in the last couple of weeks. Okay. And of course, there are a couple of churches that I think are doing a really great job. The, my biggest fear, though, in answering that question is that it perpetuates the rut that we found ourselves in for the past 30 years. Great. Right? Because for the past 30 years, we've emulated other worship teams in our sound style look presentation. And, and what I think the most beautiful thing about this moment is, is that in this moment, worship teams and churches are getting to redefine who they actually are. And to answer the question clearly, I would say the churches that are being authentically themselves are the ones that are that are inspiring me the most right now. And while I, I could probably list off a, a handful of names, what I would challenge any worship leader listening is in this season, maybe don't look for the inspiration from someone else, but identify your own voice in this moment and, and watch what happens and watch how God uses that in this moment so that you don't get 
trapped doing something else because some of the people that are doing amazing things like you know i get to serve with the elevation team i think that elevation's online experience is amazing every weekend not every church has a chris brown and a john sal and a tiff and a david like so it's unfair it's unfair to try to to put us all in the same box the the box got blown up about eight weeks ago and right now we get to redefine and refine our voice and the voice of the community that you lead in. Okay, so I think this is really interesting because I think every church is just a couple of clicks away from everybody right now yeah. at this time. So gone are the days of me just within my so many mile radius of visiting a church. I can from home go anywhere in the world and visit multiple churches in a couple of hours if I want to. So if we were speaking to those worship leaders and giving them that advice of finding their own voice, how do they go about doing that? How do they start digging into what's unique to them? So it's a great question. And I think that I think that you can look at some of our favorite worship teams and you can identify when they're their best, they're singing the songs that represent the calling of their church and the calling of their leadership. Okay. So a, 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 an easy example. When you think about declaration songs, Pastor Brian Houston is a declarative pastor. And when, when, when Hillsong sings a song of declaration, those are the ones that, that, that connect with people in a unique way. Pastor Stephen, is a, he's a, an amazing speaker when it comes to the subject of faith. And when Elevation sings a song about faith, it tends to have a different connection with people. You can even hear that in the in the project that we released today. And so what I would say is, what's the voice of your church? What's the voice of your ministry? What's the thing that God called you and your pastor to do in your community? Now, craft your voice around that calling. And, and, and I think that we've, we have been, we've done a really good job on the leadership side of, of clarifying what those things are. Unfortunately, we've done a poor job of creating a soundtrack to go with that. And we are in a season right now where the rules are gone. So, you know, you may have, because of what, exactly what you said, you're, everyone is one click away from anybody else. The only thing that's going to help you succeed in this moment is creativity and authenticity. And so if you are not singing the story of your church in this moment, then you are probably allowing people to go click somewhere else. But people want to be connected locally. They want to be in a community. They want to to be part of something, of, of a body and a congregation. And as worship leaders and, and creative leaders, we have the responsibility to make sure that, that we are delivering that message across every front, in our messages, in our music, in our worship leading, in our social media, in how we host Zoom calls in groups, all of those things. It's, it's a holistic approach. Here at Multitracks.com, we genuinely believe that you can emerge from this season as a better musician or as a better worship leader. So because of that, I want to take a few moments today to tell you about our app Chart Builder and how it integrates with our streaming platform, Rehearsal Mix. Chart Builder gives you access to our entire catalogue of chord charts and allows you to customise your view of each chart to suit your preference. Paired with Rehearsal Mix, you can isolate your instrument or vocal part in the mix from over 13,000 songs and practice along with the click and the vocal guide. And when you're ready, tap on the Minus Mix button and you'll have a full band to accompany you. To discover more about these powerful apps 
and to find out how you can emerge from this season a more efficient and confident worship leader. Visit multitracks.com today and check out Chart Builder with integrated rehearsal mix. God gave every single one of us the gift of creativity. Some of us chose to lean into it. Some of us allowed it to shrivel. But the reality is when we lean into creativity, it, it allows us to, to do things that are original and unique. And so as a communicator or as churches are navigating the season, I think finding the original unique way of doing your church is what really sets you apart. So, you know, there's a church in New York called C3 NYC. They, they've done an amazing job with what they've done. I've loved watching Saddleback reinvent itself. Uh, you know, I think Rick Warren is a, I mean, he's a legend. And so watching how, how they've navigated this season and, and, and the program that they've created is awesome. And then I love watching some of these young, gritty, scrappy church planners and they just have gone after it, you know, and they've, they've, they're, they're trying things and they're doing things different. They're, they're pre-producing worship videos and that one week and then the next week they're doing it with just a guy in an acoustic, they're experimenting. And in this, in this season, one thing that, that I know to be true is that whenever as humans, we face major catastrophe or trauma, we usually run to one, to, to, to one or multiple of, of the same three things, faith, knowledge, innovation. So if you think about when 9-11 happened, we were talking about that a little bit before we started recording today. When 9-11 happened, we would open our doors for a prayer meeting and the whole church was full. Well, right now, no one can go to their church. So, so, but, but our faith story is just as strong as it's ever been. So making sure that we're telling the story of, of our faith, that we're giving knowledge because knowledge is a pathway to wisdom. Proverbs is full of opportunities to explore that. And then as creative leaders, we're positioned in a, in a season and in a chair right now to, to be our absolute best because innovation, it should be what we do best. You know, creativity at its most simple is an idea and a solution to a problem. Well, we, we need both of those from our churches right now. And it's fun to watch our churches really thriving in that season. So let me dig a little bit into something you said then. I actually want to uh, go back to two things you said, but first... In this season, it appears as if we're seeing an increase in creativity or in the output of creativity. Would you agree with that? And what's the reason why we're seeing more creativity in this season than normal? So I would say that at the beginning, we had a, an explosion at the beginning of this season. And I don't know if it's eight weeks, 10 weeks, six weeks. What I, They all feel the same now. Yeah. I, I think it's actually November. So... Um, <laughs> But at the beginning of this season, I think there was an explosion of creativity. Okay. Uh, because everybody was grasping for something, right? I mean, first off, I, I talked to a friend at Life Church. In the first nine years of the church online platform that they give away, they gave away like 25,000 downloads. In the, the first month of this season that we were in, they gave away 26,000 downloads. Wow. So the number of churches that showed up online doubled in a month, at least. And that, that alone is an explosion of creativity because now there's people doing things they've never done before. So I think there was an explosion of creativity. I think that in this season, we've started to get back into that emulation mode a little bit. We've started to identify what works for someone else. And we're going to try to apply that that to ourselves, which 
best practices are always wise. You should you should learn from best practices as much as you can. But the minute that you sacrifice your calling and your uniqueness of your calling to imitate someone else in order to achieve something, you've actually forfeited your chance to do ministry. So I would say there's been an explosion of creativity out of necessity, which is usually, you know, creativity cries out for crisis. So when when we get ourselves into a moment that is uncharted, creativity has the opportunity to thrive. And we have thrived. And, and I'm excited to see what we take out of this season and into the next season to, to really propel this revival that I think could happen. So just connecting the threads a little bit in our conversation, we're saying that in times of crisis, there's the necessity to create and to innovate and that people naturally run towards faith in this time. We're saying that more churches than ever have taken to streaming online and therefore our potential reach is amplified more than ever before. So how do we measure success when engaging the online world? Can we simply say that the number of views we've had on Facebook indicates that we can reach more people than we could ever fit inside our building? Or what's the measurement of success now when we take to online streaming? So interesting question. The, the interesting part about it is it's hard to, d- to tell what the data is telling us, right? Because you're right. Like the, the evangelistic side of us is like, we had 20,000 people tune in this weekend. And the, the, the sad part is like one person accidentally tuned in from like Norway and we're like, and we're an international ministry now. And, and the truth is that the truth is that the real magic in this season, if, if a team is willing to dig in and do the work is starting to identify how every IP is a person. So pulling people out of the shadows and, and going back and identifying like the likes, the comments, the shares, the, the hearts, the, the logins going back and take like literally collecting all that data from a weekend taking that data, running it through your church management system, and then identifying who are actual new people tuning in, and then go back and communicate to them through the platform from which they spoke to you. And uh, I've, I've gotten to, to help a couple churches with this, and it's been fun to watch. There was one church that identified 2,500 new IP addresses in one weekend. Okay, so now if every one of those persons, let's just say there that every one of those people are, there's two people watching that screen. That's 5,000 new real people that, and these are people that like they either commented or they shared or they, they liked, like they engaged in, in our activity. Another church told me that they sent 962 direct messages and inbox messages the Monday after Easter to people who tuned into their Easter service for the first time. And so, so I think that we're in a season where even like when I say everything changed, literally everything changed, like our assimilation process changed, our groups process changed, how you start to onboard somebody into your community changed, you know, at the core of the, of your question, there's really three circles that people care about or that we should care about as leaders. Okay. So the, the, the smallest and most important circle is the community that's already part of our church, like our church family. And we should be making sure that we are serving them really well in this season. We're keeping them connected. We're keeping them uh, informed. We're, we're doing all of those things, fed, encouraged. Their faith journey is still continuing. The secondary circle are all of the new people that are tuning in. And, and like I said, I know the one dude from Norway is like super important. But if you go look at the data from your church, 
most of the people that tuned into your church are going to be driving distance to one of your locations or to your only location if you're if you're not a multi-site church so how do we then take our message and help use this season to get them comfortable with our church so that if we open the doors again they might come in or if we if they never come in we can still be their church online then the third circle is everybody and 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 the the primary goal for that circle is just that we're giving people a chance to accept Christ and and continue to 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 meet him in a new way. Stephen, what are the lessons that churches should be learning in this season that we take forward with us, particularly in relation to reconciling the differences between online church and physical in the room attendance? And how do we make sure that we don't miss what God is teaching us right now? Yeah, I think that it anyone who's wrestling with whether or not digital a digital solution is part of their future has missed one of the biggest lessons of this moment and the reality is i i know this is not true for all churches but a lot of churches that i've talked to their finances have not been impacted as massively as they would have predicted in this season and one of the reasons is because we've taught people there's a digital solution. And so if you get to open your doors and go back to church, first off, I think that going back to church is important, right? We, we need community. We need each other. There's something special and biblical about gathering together in a group. But, and, and when, when the doors open, we're going to have record attendance in our buildings because we all miss each other and we want to just put COVID all over each other. But what's going <laughs> to end up happening is about six months later, soccer is going to start again and football and kids baseball and business trips and family vacations and all of the things that started to pull us out of the ability to have frequency. Most churches, the average attender came once every six weeks. Okay. So we're going to get back to that place what this moment has gifted us is the ability to we've taught people over the last eight weeks you can experience god through your phone and so to to think about taking that gift away from people feels really really short-sighted beyond that i think there's people that deal with anxiety they, they don't like to be in crowds or maybe they've just had such a traumatic experience with church in the past, but they still love Jesus. They still love God. They still want to be part of a community. And we've just shown them that they can do that, but without ever showing up into a building. You know, if you think about how antiquated we made church, right? Like you can experience God if you come to our box at 9, 10, 30, and 12. Well, I can check out anything else in the world programmed by myself around my own timeline except for church. And so for most, I mean, you know, we talk about double the number of churches instantly went online. Well, now those churches all have the opportunity to continue to develop their ministry and ministry is going to change. Like I, I have a bunch of friends of mine. We, we all are Christians and we all have our own businesses and we travel a lot when airplanes are not toxic. Being in a small group is almost impossible for me because I don't know what nights I'm home, what nights I'm not gonna be home. You guys probably experience the same thing. Well, now if I can jump on a Zoom call with five of my buddies and we can talk about what's going on in our life, that would have been weird in January. 
That's like Wednesday now. And so this disruption is a gift if we, if we process it properly and we learn from it and then we carry it into our next season. So Stephen, you mentioned earlier on in our conversation that there's two things that every church should be really going after at the moment, and that's authenticity and creativity. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned that creativity is a God-given gift for everybody. But I think so often we view creativity as a gift for the elite mm-hmm. and only a few people have it. What's your encouragement to people in this period of time that want to grow in their creativity and not just emulate what other people are doing, but find their own solution? Yeah. So the fifth word of the English Bible is create. In the beginning, God created. It's the first time you see an inkling of the character of God. Before he shows us about mercy, love, grace, peace, salvation, he shows us that he created. If we believe the Bible's true, then we know that we are created in his image. So the first thing he showed us was that he was creative. And then he told us that we're made in his image. So now every person who's like, I'm not creative, you just got kind of exposed. Um, That's the biblical version. There's actually some scientific truths to to the fact that everyone's creative too. It it revolves around divergent and convergent thinking. But in this season, there's a lot of exercises we can do. Creativity is muscle. It's not magic. And so if you want to get better creatively, you have to do some exercises to develop the muscles and to keep training the muscles there. And there's a lot of them. Um, uh, For for someone listening today, the the first one I would give you, and and, and the one that I would say that, that we should talk about today is get alone for 20 minutes a day. So the three times you get the most of your ideas are when you're falling asleep and waking up. That's called the faders. Um, when you are in the shower alone or when you're driving your car. Okay. So in those moments, everything's not like your wife, your spouse, your, your significant other, your kids, Instagram, nothing can get you in those moments because you're focused on something else. Mm-hmm. What if we created 20 minutes a day where we shut everything else down just to hear from God and his ideas. Matthew 6, 6 talks about going into your room, being secluded and listening to God. And so I'm naive enough to believe God's got ideas he wants to download to us. We just have to create the space for him to to do that and the space for our brains to actually process the things that have been happening in our world. And so there's a a, a litany of, of, of uh, exercises that I could give you, but that would be the one I would start with. Find, find 20 minutes. And right now it's a creative exercise to find 20 minutes alone in most of our houses. Right. So so that's an, a whole different exercise is just finding the space to do it. But doing that one little thing, yeah, it, it's going it, it, to, will, that will start to enhance your creativity. Well, so good. Where can our listeners go to find out a bit more, dig into some of your other resources and maybe some of the exercises that you mentioned in an attempt to grow that muscle of creativity? Yeah. So on my website, there's a, several free resources, stephenbrewster.me. Um, you can follow me on Instagram, B underscore R-E-W-S-T-E-R. And uh, I have a new podcast that I just launched like three weeks ago, maybe. And it's really good. Uh, it's called Blue Collar Creative. And so it's it, it really is about that whole concept of muscles, muscle versus magic that, that we have to work our creativity. So any of those places. Stephen, thank you for your time. Uh, not just a fascinating conversation, but so informative, so much to dig into. I uh, really appreciate you taking the time out to hang out with us. Thank you, man. That was awesome. And I just have to, I have to brag on y'all, like what you guys do and what you've done for the church and, 
and just watching the way that Multitracks has served so many people so well, it's it's what you guys are doing is really special. Well, thank you for joining us for this episode of the Worship and Technology Podcast. Once again, why don't you click subscribe so that you don't miss any future episodes? And even better, why don't you click that five-star review, leave us a few thoughts and share it with anybody else that you know would be blessed by this episode. Until next time, take care and God bless.